everybody, and welcome to the Roto Grinders off-season preview of NBA. I'm your host, Travis Mangone, here with two phenomenal minds. We'll kick it off first with our guest, Mike Gallagher from Roto World. How's it going over there, Mike? Great, man. Just enjoying the season, getting ready to start up here. Just insane amount of content to read from a lot of the NBA sites. So uh, I am behind on watching all my shows like Succession and all that stuff. So yeah, man, just pump for basketball. Yeah, it's a good thing when you're behind on your shows. That means uh, all the sports are ramping up and absolutely awesome. Uh, batting second, we got the uh, you know number. Are you all time leader in, in uh, three point percentage? Andy Means, two for two, uh, Duke champion, uh, guy on crunch time with uh, Kevin Roth. How's it going over there? Andy? I'm doing great, man. Yeah, this is this is one of the better times of the year. I know I know you can make a close uh, a, a good case for like March when you got tournament going on and basketball, NBA still going on. You got Masters, things like that. But man. NFL start of NBA, still some MLB playoffs. Like I think this is a this is a pretty good pretty good time of the year. It's the fall, and I'm pumped to be doing this with you guys, man. Yeah, the the news is cranking up. There's just never really a downtime in NBA, anyways, and it's the start of the season. I'm just I'm really excited to get going. Agreed. And uh, listen, th- this is arguably maybe like the most exciting NBA season to look forward to with all the player movement and everything. So we're just going to dive right in and talk about it. Uh, we got a lot to discuss here on this pod. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the teams, uh, these specific teams and their substantial substantial changes in fantasy production based on the offseason changes they've had, you know, coaches, quotes, all those different things, uh, things that will help you to start out the year, figure out what these teams are doing. So, Mike, I'm going to kick it off with you first. Uh, talk about the Warriors here. Obviously, they're pretty good at basketball, but what do you think is going to happen here with Draymond, Steph Curry, uh, you know, and with uh, the addition of D'Angelo Russell? Uh, how do you think that team is going to shape up? I think they're going to be good. A lot of people seem to be down on them. The old, like, oh, can they get the eight seed thing, I think is way overblown. I think they've got a good shot at four or five uh, just because Stephen Curry is really good. I mean, this guy's unanimous MVP winner. And Draymond, I mean, uh, he's already on his hashtag playoff diet right now, so he's in shape and ready to go. He usually just waits till March to drop off the Draymond baby fat and then just balls out in the postseason. We saw him just put up ridiculous numbers throughout the entire postseason when they, when they made it to the end there. Um, so I expect big things from him. Steph's going to have load management. They're really vague on his playing time, so that's something to keep in mind. So, like, back-to-backs and against bad teams, you may want to just be careful for, like, DFS in those spots. But he's just going to be ridiculous. I mean, last two seasons without KD and Clay on the floor with Draymond, Steph went, like, 45 points per 36 and then 42 last year. Like, he just puts up absurd numbers. They were still, like, plus seven net rating with just Steph and Dre without the other two stars. So this team's good, man. Uh, and then, obviously, D'Angelo Russell, really different style of play for him. Uh, heavy pick-and-roll guy. I think he was, like, two or three last year behind Kemba for possessions. The Warriors are always, like, near last or last in pick-and-roll ball handover possessions because their offense is just runs so differently. Um, so he'll be staggered. He'll probably feast in, like, the 14-ish minutes without Steph on the floor. But that's a really interesting dynamic to see who fits. And then, obviously, their depth is not there. Uh, Kevon Looney's already hurt. They got to trust Alec Burks in the second unit. Jordan Poole's, Jordan Poole's going to be used kind of in like pin down slash like clay light sets. So that's something to watch for the preseason. But yeah, just a lot of moving parts and it's going to be awesome to watch. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. Uh, Andy, what do you think about the new addition with D'Angelo Russell? Like, do you see, you know, some pick and roll with him and Looney working out a little bit? Uh, I know some people are high on Looney this year. What do you kind of think about this situation? Yeah, I mean, just zooming out real quick before I talk about Warriors, like, I know it's tough. Like, we want this to be as DFS-centric as pod as possible. Obviously, we have no salaries yet, so it's tough to, like, actually hone in on what's going to – what's what everything's going to look like because that's the number one most important thing when we play DFS is what people are priced. But it's good to, like, take these, like, these larger view um, analysis of, of what teams are going to look how, – how much different they're going to look like. Obviously, last year, it was tough to target any Warriors unless someone was sitting. They – you know, we didn't know where the volume would go on any given night between like Steph or KD. Um, they're always underpriced a little bit, but not for but not for a fully healthy roster. So, yeah, like I'm very interested. Like Mike said, I'm very interested to see what they do with this load management because I do with, with Steph because I do think when he plays, I think just in general their games are going to be more competitive anyways, just because of the the thinner roster. So when he when he plays, I think I think we could see him you know get up in the upper 30s of uh, minutes in competitive games. And when you look at like the, I did the past two on our quarter at Q tool, I did the past two seasons with no KD, no DeMarcus cousins. Obviously that's another usage monster that's out uh, and no clay. Like Steph was at like a 1.8 DK points per minute. And that's like puts him up 
with the highest guys of last year with like Embiid, Giannis, Anthony Davis, and things like that. So then when you look at uh, D'Angelo, when you have uh, – if that, like the night Steph sits, I think he's going to slide right into that role of just being a usage monster, and I think they're going to play him a lot of minutes too. So it's good news that we they said that when they both play, they will stagger. Uh, that's going to help a lot uh, from a DFS perspective, just knowing that their, their usage rates should still stay up pretty high just because they're going to have plenty of time on the court when they're not with the other guy. So – yeah, it's definitely those two guys. And, I, yeah, I like – I mean, Draymond, Hope, we saw, like, at the start of last year, he was always priced so cheap. But it's, it was for a reason. Like, his fantasy production was really low at the start. Um, I don't know why he doesn't always stay on a uh, playoff diet. <laughs> but that's coming from a guy who doesn't have one either. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I do like the Warriors. I think they're going to be – I think they're going to be much better than people think. Yep, I agree with you on that. Uh, and listen, uh, Draymond, I was in on the playoff diet. Uh, knowing the playoff diets here now, I'm, I'm going to be invested in him. And one thing to note about the Warriors is uh, these prices right away, if you're talking from DFS, they might not be priced for what they, they should be in these scenarios. So I could see us really taking advantage at the start of the season with some Warriors. Uh, let's move on uh, to the Pelicans now. And uh, Mike, I want to talk to you about them because I've listened to some podcasts that you're on and you seem really bullish on this team. Uh, Does he like Super- Drew at all, Travis? Is Mike like Drew Holiday at all? Uh, yeah, he might like him a little bit. He thinks they're going to be the fastest paced team in the league. Mike, uh, <laughs> just just ramble on about the Pelicans because you love this team. Drew Holiday is my guy. Uh, like I have him eight in season long, just for anybody who's season long out there. I just think he's going to blow up. Um, he was so good without Anthony Davis uh, on the floor. Like for instance, it was a, like that eight game sample issue or whatever it was. His transition bucket points went up so much, and he was so good. His efficiency all season without AD on the floor didn't drop at all, which is rare for as talented as AD is. He's going to be, quote-unquote, in the score-first mentality. Um, the defensive stats are going to be huge. My, probably my favorite offseason quote, and I've said this on many pods, is when David Griffin said their style of play is going to be to create and terminate plays. Just, like, massive amounts of turnovers forced, massive amounts of transition buckets, like up, up-tempo pace. Like, all these things just make you gush from, like, fantasy and for DFS. So, I think Drew's going to be a monster. Lonzo Ball looks really good. Worked on his jumper. Looks a lot smoother. I'm sure Andy, Andy Means can probably analyze that a little better than I can. But uh, he looks great. Uh, he's going to play on ball. Drew's just going to have – I think he's going to have, like, a 30 usage rate. His minutes per game will probably dip down from last year. But just with the extra pace, he'll make up for possessions. Zion's insane. Like, Zion's defensive stats at Duke were just unreal. Um, while he probably will drop per minute – but he'll have more possessions. Like, they're going to play faster. It's obviously not the longer shot clock style of play. Just right down his alley. I think Derek Favors is in for a big season. He was a monster without Rudy Gobert on the floor last year. And J.J. Reddick is a perfect fit for this team. Like, knockdown shooter. Brandon Ingham looks to be in good shape. Got a lot of buzz from Griffin. Griffin said he's really been their most impressive player at camp so far. Uh, I'm not really a big Brandon Ingram guy. Um, but, uh, hey. But, yeah, this team's just going to rock, man. I'm just so pumped to see them. They're one of my most exciting teams to watch this year. Yeah, they're going to be awesome to watch. I'm curious to see how Zion does with a lot more space because we know when he was at Duke, uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, guys there to be able to shoot threes and give him that kind of space. But obviously, there could be a little bit of growing pains at the start. Uh, JJ Redick was definitely a great addition. So we'll go from one knockdown shooter to our knockdown shooter, Andy Means. Uh, Andy, uh, what do you think of the Pelican situation? I think they're going to be guys we want to buy in on a lot. In so many Duke guys, by the way, man. I know. I was going to say I'm a little mad I didn't get hit with this question first. But, yeah, it's like Duke's out down there. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm. I mean, you could ask a lot of people who watch uh, watch the Crunch Time Show and read my article. Like, I'm a pretty heavy Drew guy too, and that was before this year. Uh, like, you just look at his career numbers, where like you could argue he wasn't really the focal point in a lot of these like like last several years with the Pelicans, obviously with AD there. He still put up like a 25% usage rate, like 30 plus assist rate. He rebounds from the guard position, and now they're saying they're going to make him even more of a focal point. I just think everything's going to go up. I think we're going to see huge numbers out of him. Hopefully it's one of those things early where like if we're using DK pricing, like he's in the sevens or something, or maybe low eights. So I still think people are going to underrate him. And I think that is just, uh, I think he's just a, a great target. I think he's going to play a ton of minutes. They play fast. We'll talk about them as like a team. We'll want to play guys against also on the other side a little later, I'm sure just because they're going to play so fast. They're, they're, they're going to, they're, they're probably going to play a little smaller too. Like, especially when favors is out of the lineup, they're probably going to close with like, a Zion at the five lineup or something like play their five best players, maybe down in the crunch time. So I don't know, man, this is, uh, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm hesitant to like get too excited about some of these other pieces, especially the wings, like where are the minutes going to go with Reddick with, with Lonzo, with Etuan Moore, with, um, Josh Hart, uh, Ingram. Uh, I'm, I'm scared of these guys initially. I want to kind of let that play out. 
and, and see what they do with front court minutes with John and favors and whatnot and how much how much they do go small. But yeah, man, all Drew here. I just I just love it. Yeah, and one thing I want to mention uh, here is, like, uh, Zion on FanDuel, I believe he's small forward eligible, and, like, if he's playing a lot of center minutes, like, it's always nice to be able to get, like, a, a center uh, at basically at a small forward position, right? Uh, just be able to pile up those rebounds and all those defensive stats could be his. So, uh, and especially on a site like FanDuel, you know, you when you rack up those blocks, uh, they can really add up quickly. So Yeah, good call uh, yeah. blocks and seals, baby. Oh, yeah, sure. Zion could be interesting. Again, like, uh, there could be some growing pains, but uh, I think it's uh, pretty intriguing what could happen there with this Pelicans I could add team. two more things really quick. Uh, they're also, like you mentioned, the small ball centers. They're uh, going to try to play Nicola Melli at the center spot. And then also uh, Zion 6'6". So, yeah, he's supposed to play small forward. And he's, like, saying, like, we're not going to tell you how they're going to use me. Uh, so yeah, I, I love that kind of stuff too. So, and also it's worth mentioning, they did play Jackson Hayes next to Derek Favors in practice. So if somebody misses time, then maybe there's a couple avenues for Hayes to get minutes. Sounds good. Let's move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves, which, uh, you know, this team, uh, man, Carl Anthony Towns, he's an absolute beast. You got Andrew Wiggins there, uh, you know, but I- I'm curious to see how this team shapes up. We'll go to you first, Andy here. Uh, what do you kind of think with the Timberwolves team and how they're going to shape up this year? Yeah, man, I, I really now this one I feel bad taking for Mike first because I know this I know I know this is Mike's boy. I did get a little sad when you when you threw it over there. <laughs> I did it on purpose for a reason. I threw it the other way. Yeah. I mean this year, like I'd have to look at break it down from the exact like time of when it happened last year, but there's a certain time where they just ran everything through him. Um, if if you maybe pseudo around the all-star break, like his uh, points per minute, DK points per minute just went just skyrocketed. He was one of the highest scoring fantasy guys in the league and he's always underpriced they're going to do stuff through him even more so this year they want to run the offense through him his assists are probably going to go up to what we'd see as i would have to assume is going to be a career high because they haven't really been that high to begin with so um of durable like we know we can count on him like he i think it was i think it was a car accident that cost him to miss games last year he played in 82 games every uh the first three years of his career so like you don't have to, you shouldn't have to worry about ever like him getting scratched um, he, the price is, he's going to be priced up with your Giannis's, your ADs, your Hardens, uh, soon enough. So like, if you see him priced below these guys to start out, I, uh, I would be jumping on that early. Um, the yeah, other one, guys thing, one thing to know, Andy, is the center position too, right? They always, DraftKings mm-hmm. always prices them down too much. So yep, we could yep. see Cat really, really cheap early on. Yeah. He, Cause like we see him, like him and Embiid, they fluctuate between like 9,700 and like 10,500. And that if he's going to be below 10 K, like that's just a ridiculous underpricing. And even last year and people were slow to slow to jump on that. Like uh, they would, you would see him price. They just didn't put him in that stud tier. And he is in that stud tier even more so this year. And I will let Mike take it away. Cause I know he's got a lot to throw at it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. After uh, when Ryan Saunders took over uh, 38 game sample, he was 27, 13 and four. Uh, and that was before they really, really let him go. He has a lot of low usage guys around him. I think Andrew Wiggins uh, shot, not only volume goes down, but the style in which he scores being more of an assisted shooter uh, will be more of a thing, which is good for cat. Um, they are going to use him in quote unquote, like a Nikola Jokic light kind of a thing. They want him to bring the ball up. Uh, like they want to do so much stuff with this guy. It's insane. So uh, he's going to be a monster, man. Like, there's going to be so many games when he's going to drop, like, 80 fantasy points, maybe even hit, like, 90 or something like like uh, AD would do. Like, just he's so, so efficient. He's such a great three-point shooter. Just he does everything. He's going to go to the line more, he says. So he's also said he's not paying nearly to his potential. Like, it's full-on cat season, man. Like, he's just going to be such a baller. I have a number one for season long. Um, just besides him, too. A lot of situational stuff. They may mix and match and play the matchups here. Uh, they're considering Jake Lehman as a starter next to Robert Covington, who has a lot of knee issues, by the way. Um, they're using him cautiously at camp back from a uh, scope back in April. So that's a really long time to still not be right. So be careful on him. Um, and, and then really one of the biggest buzz guys at camp has been Jared Culver. Uh, just a ton of uh, pimping him so hard. Like he's handling the ball. They may use him as a backup shooting uh, backup point guard. Excuse me. He's going to play one through three. Uh, he's looked really, really good in camp. So definitely a guy who's probably going to be pretty fantasy relevant as a rookie. Um, yeah, they're they're going to be a lot of fun. They're going to play faster. But um, yeah, Josh I didn't Kirk. know Culver was that tall. He's are these are are these listings the official? Like I'm not cheating the listings now anymore. Yeah. Like the, so he's six seven. He's a beast, dude. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really got the chance to watch him too much because he didn't play in Vegas. But um, yeah, he's full on size, dude. We saw his usage rate go up like 10 percent last year in college. Um, yeah, just super long. 
He has he definitely can guard threes, maybe even guard fours. Like they're gonna actually one thing that was interesting is Rocco may play the four a lot, but they may put him on a lot of ones, twos, threes, and fours. So that's something to watch to see how guys and one other thing too is they're talking about switching on defense more than any team I've read about. Like they're gonna switch everything a la Warriors Draymond lineup style. So it's gonna be real interesting to watch. Um Jeff Teague's healthy, gonna be a lot of catch and shoot. He's one of the best catch and shoot guys when he's rolling. Um, so this again, this just offense is just fit for Cat to, to crush. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Timberwolves definitely gonna be fun guys to look at and see how that lineup really shakes up. Uh, can't wait to see how that's gonna all break down. Let's move on to the over to the Rockets, and uh, I'm gonna kick it off with you, Mike, because I know you have some interesting takes here on Westbrook uh, and Harden and how they can operate together. I definitely was a little bit worried when I first saw it, was wondering how that was gonna work out. But the more and more I've kind of you know read on things and, and checked it out, I'm not as worried. But I want to get your take on that because I think you have an interesting take on. it. Yeah, so, like, we always want guys who have dirty usage rates, right? And that's usually really, really hard to do for two guys on the same team. It's happened, like, 11 times, three times with KD and Westbrook. Uh, Shaq and Kobe did it a few times, and there's a couple other LeBron ones mixed in there with Wade and so on. So, like, two guys that have literally the highest usage rates in NBA history, the top two, like, they're going to be able to get their shots. It's just going to be coming from everybody else. Like, Eric Gordon's not going to shoot as much. P.J. Tucker had a top five or bottom five usage rate for his volume of play. Like, he's not going to shoot at all. Um, Capella looked great, by the way. I was down on him, but I'm kind of warming up to him. He's had so many clear rim runs with just running screens with Westbrook. Uh, and then also, Westbrook is a transition machine. Uh, so, faster pace. Their pace is – it's preseason, but their uh, preseason pace in their first two games was about 109, which is eight possessions faster than it was last year uh, against, you know, kind of bad teams. So, usually you play a little bit slower against those guys. Like, the, like the Grizzlies played pretty slow yesterday. So, like, they're going to get enough possessions. These guys are going to smash. Um, they won't have the ceilings they will, what we've seen, like when Harden goes berserk for 60s and stuff. So, that won't be quite there. But, I mean, if they're still priced at, you know, 12K or so, like, I still think they could hit value and dominate. But, um, yeah, no talk of really load management yet. So, these two guys, again, against the right matchup, like, they're going to have really good games. Hey, Annie, you got anything uh, important to note on the Rockets uh, that's different than Mike? Yeah, I do a little bit. Um, I, just the first thing to point out, and it's somewhat obvious, but um, it still needs to be said, is that when one sits, <laughs> yeah. the yeah. other guy the other guy is going to be just an autoplay, like just auto, auto, autoplay, no matter what the price is, just because we see how, how you know, star-centric their offense is. is. I'm a, I'm – I'm still – I'm a little hesitant to believe that they're going to be a lot faster than last year because when it comes down to it, they I think they still want to do a bunch of iso ball and, and do their half-court stuff. So, I I mean, obviously when Russ grabs a you know defensive rebound, he's going to be off to the races. So we'll see how that all gels. Um, I saw something maybe a month ago, maybe two or three weeks ago, I don't remember, that they that D'Antoni said he wants to keep Russ around 32 minutes a game. I'm not buying that at all. Like Harden at 36 and Russ at 32. I'd be shocked if Russ is down at 32, but I'm sure they'll stagger them as well, like they did with CP3. So there's gonna, yeah, I I, I want this is a the jury's out on this one. Uh, I, I I'm very curious to see how they handle it when these guys actually start playing together in the preseason. Um, I have my questions, uh, but luckily we'll have you know a Carl Anthony Towns on the slate <laughs> if we want to go that way instead or something. So I'm I'm jury's still out on this one. I, I this is one I'm monitoring big time in the preseason. Yep, definitely watch close on that one. Uh, let's head on over and talk about the Clippers now. And, uh, man, uh, I'm, I'm curious what's going to happen with this team because Paul George, you know, he, you know, he's out for a little while. And then we got Kawhi Leonard. We know he only cares about the postseason, and it's going to be load management season more than likely. Uh, we'll kick it off with you here again, Andy. Uh, Clippers, uh, how are you approaching them for DFS? Yeah, this, I mean, this is a tough one because we this is just completely unknown, basically, because their roster is all but revamped minus, you know, like, Bev and Montrez and and uh like uh Jermichael so we're kind of we just got to guess a little bit on this one obviously I mean Lou's still on the team but he's going to be coming off the bench and like again a lot of what his great stats came from was closing time like in the fourth like his you know he was always a guy who stayed around I don't know 28 30 minutes and we're probably going to expect a lot of the same but now he's going to be out there with you have to assume at least one of Kawhi and Paul George at least once PG's back so a lot of unknowns with this one. In the meantime, like for the, through the first month or however however long the season we have, we're gonna want a lot of Kawhi, gonna want a lot of uh, a want want a lot of Lou Will, and then I think they're they're really big on Jermichael Green too. Uh, he's improved every year. He can shoot the three. He's always cheap. So even if he's coming off the bench, 
Uh, I don't know what they're going to do there specifically yet, but I, I like Jermichael Green a lot. And, you know, I love Trez. Trez is always one of my favorites. The dude is a points-per-minute beast. We've seen, like, there's just the, – he just can't play a lot of minutes. Like, that's – even when they're thin in the front court, his style of play is just so, so um, – I, I guess uh, such a high motor. Like, you can see how he would get worn down so easily. But guy's a point-per-minute beast whenever he's priced appropriately or discounted, I should say. Like, I'm going to want a lot of him no matter what just because he's so good. Yeah, agree with you on that. Mike, you got any uh, news and notes on this Clippers team you want to mention? Yeah, um, you, you missed the guy who's, who was on the team last year, uh, Landry Shamit. Uh, he's, he's still on the team, uh, so I'm kidding. Oh, yeah, um, point yeah, Shamit, so right? He's going to play a lot of point guard. Um, we saw him do, do so yesterday. Uh, he still shot like trash in these two preseason games, um, so don't worry about that. Obviously, he's a great shooter. But a lot of talk of him possibly even starting uh, over Pat Bev. Um, you know, a lot of – uh, a lot of more ball handling than like we thought. He was really just a catch-and-shoot guy who would sit on the wing and in the corner uh, and on kickouts when they uh, smash it inside. So on games that Kawhi sits, on games that Paul George sits, like I expect him to be a little bit more valuable than maybe people give him credit for. Uh, Mo Harkless has been phenomenal so far in the preseason. Doc Rivers just raved about him yesterday, saying how really lucky they were to get him. And uh, I said for a while that that was an underrated pickup. For as thin as this team is, he's really good at both the three and the four. He's really successful in, uh, with the Blazers at the four. Even back in the Magic, he was still a solid four, especially defending fours, really of any size. So that's a big pickup. Not really too fantasy relevant. Um, it will be, I guess, early uh, with PG on the sidelines. So keep an eye on him. Uh, and, yeah, like you said, Lou Williams, he had, you know, 30 usage rate guy. He is not going to be that guy. But he had a great quote uh, last week. He was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bench guy. That's who I am. Like, you, you usually don't see those kind of humble quotes. But uh, always got love for Lou Will. Definitely a fan favorite of mine. And, yeah, like Kawhi Leonard's going to sit so much. I do not buy this. We're not going to rest them as much. Like, they're going to rest him like crazy. This guy was limping around a couple months ago. Like, he has a pop called it a degenerative knee issue uh, back when things weren't going well. So, like, yeah, you are, you cannot trust him, especially with late games. Like, if you – Oh, yeah, he's going to be a West Coaster, man. That's yeah, gonna be man. Awful. Like, that's another factor. So, you, you're going to have a really tough time plugging him in there. They, they, came out, they came out with this injury thing. It says that NBA teams must report information concerning player injuries, illness, and rest for all meetings by 5 p.m. local time on the day before the game. So, like, they're going to have to put some type of tag on guys. Like, that's, like, a new thing that they're going to make sure that they do. I think it's one thing that they, they've had in the past, but they're really going to enforce it this year, it sounds like. Yeah, actually, uh, to speak to that point, Terry Stotts was asked about the whole new injury reporting. And anybody who plays DFS or knows fantasy, like Terry Stotts is Mr. Hide Your Lineup. Uh, he was he was talking about, was like, yeah, it's going to be a level field, playing field. So, yeah, it sounds like they're going to enforce that 30-minute lineup rule uh, on top of what you said, too. So, yeah, I, again, like Kawhi Leonard is going to sit. Like, if anything goes wrong in warm-ups, like, you know, new rules be damned. Like, he's going to sit. So, um, yeah, it's just so hard to trust him. Like maybe, especially in games that aren't national TV games, like he's gonna he's gonna sit out, and it's gonna be tough, especially early. Paul George maybe not so much with Paul George out, they gotta win games. But uh, when Paul George is back coming, like, and also I'll add too, they play a lot of back to back sets against really crappy teams late in the season, so it's something to keep in mind as well um, down the line. But yeah, I I do not think Kawhi Leonard's gonna play a lot of games this year. All righty, let's head over to the other team in L.A. Let's go to the Lakers, and we'll kick it off with you, Andy. Uh, man, I think Anthony Davis and LeBron are really going to shine this year. I think they're going to kind of have a chip on their shoulder to prove that they're uh, the best in the West. Uh, so what do you kind of think about this Lakers team? All the AD, man. <laughs> it's uh, it's another. It's going to be another one of those things, too, though, as far as he's going to be on the West Coast. So for those who aren't aware of all the stuff this year, DraftKings will have late swap and FanDuel will not have late swap. So when you're playing the two main sites, just keep that in mind. So if you're going to be targeting some of these guys that are on the West coast, you might want to move some action to DK, but yeah, like he is, I, I actually kind of believe it. I think LeBron is, I mean, I think LeBron is cool being kind of a facilitator here, just having a padded stat line across the board and just letting AD feast. Um, when you look at the rest of the roster, like where's the usage besides those two guys? Like, nowhere like I can't eat the some there's gonna be some spot up shooters like Danny Green KCP um Kuzma's hurt for a while this you know McGee will be finishing off some stuff at the rim but it's just gonna go all through these two guys they'll be we'll see how they handle their load management quote unquote I don't know if there's really been anything definitive on what they're gonna do they have a new coach so it's just gonna be a, a lot of unknowns except for the fact that we no one AD plays and LeBron plays that they're going to just have all the fantasy points in this team. 
Yeah, anything on you uh, with the Lakers, Mike? Uh, you know, this is definitely a situation where we're going to want to load up on some DFS guys. Yeah, um, this is going to sound like a super donkey thing to say, but, like, watching AD over the weekend, like, I almost forgot how good he was. I was just like, God, AD's hey, so good. It's because he's, um, he's, so he's, he's always yeah. in the locker room, though. That's yeah. why. We never see him. Yeah, like, he's, oh, I, was just, I was just, like, drooling watching him play. He's so good. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be ridiculous. Like, when he's out on the floor, like, even if he's priced at, like, 14K or something, like, I'm still going to want to play him. He's going to be that dominant. Like, Andy had alluded to – um LeBron is basically saying they do want to like he wants to kind of you know acquiesce and let AD eat uh and I think he will like again this this team we know Frank Vogel likes to get bigs in, in good positions um you know he's had like the Hibbert days and stuff like that um but yeah I think he's going to be a monster and then the other thing to watch here is um guards um Vogel had said that they're going to either play a true point guard or quote-unquote defensive-minded wings next to LeBron and figure out how he'll handle the ball so LeBron's still going to ball out like um an, as much as I said, AD is too, but like Andy said, yeah, these, these two guys are just going to dominate, but keep an eye out. Um, Avery Bradley looks like the favorite to start, not really a big DFS guy, but he also lost 40 pounds apparently, uh, dropped 7% body fat, so he looks in a little bit better shape. He's also been really wowing people at camp, um, so something to watch there. And then uh, I like Alex Caruso. It's kind of a deep sleeper. Uh, we, that ESPN story last week when he closed in practice was a big deal. Uh, but, yeah, he's really good. Um, shot extremely well on catch-and-shoot threes last year. So uh, I want to see how he fits. I think he fits, like, next to those guys more, you know, just uh, now that he's, like, super ripped. Uh, I think he could be pretty good, maybe guard some twos and all that. But, yeah, this is a lot of new, a lot of new pieces here, uh, as, as LeBron said uh, in a press conference last week. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them. Agreed. Let's go to the next team. Uh, and we got the, uh, the Hornets here. And, uh, Mike, how about you kick, it off, kick us off with that? You know, new team, Terry Rozier leading the point. Uh, this team's not going to be very good, but there could be some DFS benefits here. They are going to be horrible. Um, the big thing is Miles Bridges is getting all the pump up um, from really their whole coaching staff. Uh, Borrego says he wants him to handle the ball more, wants him to be like Kawhi-like on defense. Uh, and he looked really, really good uh, in the Boston game. He was just running up and down, uh, had a real nice dunk in transition. Uh, I, I think Miles Bridges is in for a huge season. Uh, Dwayne Bacon also, he's going to probably be the number one, two, or three scorer. He may even be their leading scorer, which may be kind of a hot take. But he had tweeted out um, that he's going to play point guard. Uh, this team does not have a lot of depth. Obviously, Devontae Graham behind Terry Rozier. But those guys aren't really great run-your-offense kinds of guys. Uh, and it's just this team is just so, so different without Kemba. One of my favorite stats I looked up over the offseason was in clutch time, although they're not going to play in the clutch much, uh, Kemba had a 45 usage rate in the clutch, which is one of the highest in the league. Um, compare that to Terry Rozier at 6%, uh, and nobody else on the team is over 17%, that being Malik Monk, who's also hurt, and also uh, beat Raiders are ripping all the time. So, yeah, they're going to be terrible. Marvin Williams played some five yesterday. P.J. Washington looked tremendous, although the prevailing thought is he's going to start in the G League, so keep an eye on that. Um, and, yeah, they've openly said, like, we're going to sit our older dudes. So Michael Kidd-Gilchrist basically said, like, you know, usually guys kind of veil their reason why they picked up their player contract. It's like, oh, yeah, I took it for the money, you know, for my family. Like, okay, <laughs> so he's probably not going to play much. But, um, yeah, this seems going to be terrible. But uh, I'm not too high on Rogier as much as everybody else is. But he should have every opportunity to, to really show what he can do um, just to prove everybody wrong and saying everyone, everyone who follows the NBA has unanimously said that he got way overpaid, and he did. So it's going to be fun to watch how he responds to that. He definitely feeds off that. All right, Andy, anything else on the Hornets? You want to move on to over some uh, – talk about some bets uh, for uh, the futures and season long. Yeah, I don't really have much on the Hornets, so why don't we just move it on? Let's talk about some bets on uh, maybe some MVP stuff, some Eastern Conference title stuff. Uh, what do you got for us, man? Yeah, I got some division stuff. Um, you know, I guess if you wanted the first one, Miami Heat and Magic. If, if you see the Heat are minus 139, the Magic are plus 150. The other three we're not caring about. Does anyone see any value on one of those teams there? What's that, total wins? Uh, no, that's for to win the division between the Heat and the Magic. Like, I'm not counting the Hawks, the Wizards, and the Hornets. They're obviously not going to. But Heat are minus 139, Magic are plus 150. Any value on I that? I mean, thing? I would probably – I would probably – I'll probably be contrarian and go Magic, but that's a good – I'm interested to hear what Mike says, but that's a good little tangent to let Mike talk about his boy Bam because he is going yes. to be a beast this year. I can't oh, wait I to see what he's priced. Yeah, I love them. I'm with you, man. I think that the people are underselling the Magic. I mean, this is really the most, like – 
team that you know the continuity is, is what they have you know they're basically going with they're running it back you know unlike the Sixers and stuff so I think that'll work in their favor um yeah they have a lot of weak teams in their division like you mentioned what's uh Washington's odds to win the division just kidding um <laughs> they're, they're, they're not the worst the, the worst is the Hornets uh they're, they're yeah. so. exactly like they're there's such bad teams in that division so um those two teams should win a decent amount of games yeah I mean I don't I feel the Heat are so like like Jimmy's like I've joked around, like Tom Thibodeau is like I feel like the knee surgery lobby like bought him out and like wrecked dudes' knees. <laughs> like I feel like that may mess up Jimmy Butler. So um, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably I'm, I'm with means. I think I'd, if I had to bet it, I'd probably bet the Magic. Uh, I do love Jonathan Isaac, by the way. But yeah, those two guys are gonna smash. Jonathan Isaac just looks huge. Uh, Terrence Ross said he uh, moves. A, he looks like a draft, but he runs around like a lion, just getting crazy amount of uh, love over there. So I, I do love him a lot. But um, yeah, the Heat are going to be a lot of fun. Bam's going to just be absurd. Like they're running so many sets through him in practice. Like he may be seriously like five assists per game. Like pretty much cat without the scoring. Um, yeah, I, I love that clip. Of, I love that clip of Bam. Like why he's so unique of that. Like a minute, a minute and a half of him just guarding like some of the best perimeter guys in the league and staying in front of them and forcing bad shots. That's like so true. I mean, it's not exactly DFS relevant, but it's like shows how good of a player he is and how much he's grown and how much more he has to grow. Like he's going to be so good and so undervalued early in the season for DFS. Yeah, I agree on that. Uh, we won't talk about the Bucks division. Like, they're minus 1,000. They're just going to win it, so we won't talk about that one. Uh, Pacific division's interesting, though. You have the Clippers at minus 167. They're the favorite, and I'm like, listen, I'd rather touch the Lakers at plus 225 or even the Warriors at plus 550. Uh, Mike, what do you think Ooh. about that? Totally agree with everything you said. Um, I don't even need to repeat anything. We, we already talked about these what, teams, so yeah, right. I, agree. I literally agree with everything you said. Like, I, who would I, you I, take I though? Yeah, who do you take? Because I'm like, I think that plus five fifty is so That's what juicy. I was, like, I was gonna say, yeah, I would take I like that Warriors. plus five fifty if I had to bet it. You know, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. again, don't don't count out Draymond and especially playoff uh, diet Draymond and Steph. Like, and, and they, they chip on so chip good. on their shoulder, Warriors. Like, uh, so good, dude. Like, I don't know how people don't put him in their top five for NBA players. That's just insane talk to me. Like, he's yeah. so good. All right, uh, South, uh, the Southwest Division has the Rockets minus 270, uh, 270, and then you have the Spurs at plus 350. I bet this at minus 240 already. It just felt like free money to take. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any takes on that one. but I mean, is it, it bad? I don't even know who is in every division. Like, I don't, <laughs> I just, all I care about is every slate. It's, so. Rock, it's Rockets, Spurs, Mavs, Pelicans, Grizzlies. I mean, they should take it down. Yeah, yeah I would take the Rockets on that one. Yep, it's yeah, definitely chalked, chalked bill. All right, any interest in maybe the Celtics taking down the Sixers? Sixers are minus 155, Celtics are plus 450. I don't hate that. I mean, I think we should talk about Philly just briefly anyways because from a DFS perspective, like obviously it's everything's going to go through Embiid. I'm a little worried about their efficiency with with JJ going, but a lot of, so much of what they're going to do depends on Josh Richardson and Ben Simmons. Like I'm not buying any of the Ben Simmons three-pointer talk, so – throw that stuff out the window right now um a lot so much is dependent on josh richardson so i'm probably i'm probably buying the hype a little bit on philly but if i was actually going to put real dollars down on that i would maybe go boston for some value what, what about you mike uh, are you are you buying in on philly uh the no uh, no more milkshakes joel Embiid. <laughs> nice scratch those showy temples away um yeah <laughs> like if you want to bet that Celtics thing, I think a good case to make is because Embiid misses too many games. Um, as great as Horford is, too, like you can't just say, okay, we have Al Horford and you know fill in the rest where they can. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't really bet either one of those um, just because I think this, this, the Sixers are going to be really good when everybody plays. And, they, yeah, like Ben Simmons isn't going to shoot like five threes a game or anything like that. But um, it, just, it makes thin, it man. Philly's, Philly's thin. They don't have yeah. pitches. Yeah. They got a lot count on a lot of young guys like Trey Burke and and Thibel yeah. and everything like. It's, but these Thibel is apparently like ridiculously good at camp. Like Ben said, I hate when he guards me. Um, so kind of a sneaky, super deep sleeper. Uh, it's gonna be yeah. like low key position battle is Zaire Smith and Matisse Thibel. Like I'm really pumped to see that in the preseason. But yeah, like I just I don't trust Embiid to play in 70 games this year. He, like he said, he wants to play in 70 games. I'd be surprised if he hits like 65. All righty, let's talk about the last division. We've got Nuggets, uh, Jazz, Blazers, Timberwolves, and Thunder. And uh, it looks like, you know, Nuggets are plus 125, Jazz are plus 130, and then Trailblazers plus 400. Uh, any of those stick out to you as value? I, this might be one I just stay away from. What about you, Mike? That's hard, yeah. I mean, Denver's home court advantage is huge. They're the best home record in the NBA last year. 
So I think they're going to really do well in, the, in um, the regular season. But Utah is so good. I know it's very, like, in vogue to say how good they are, but I think they're going to be really good. But I honestly think both those two teams are going to be top two or three um, just because they're healthy. And they actually have a lot of depth, uh, especially in Denver. So, yeah, tough, tough one um, to really bet either one of those. Yeah, I think it's a stay away. Let's head over to uh, teams to finish uh, as the one seed. And we'll kick it off with you, Andy. Uh, the West is so stacked. And this is actually a really fun one to bet. Clippers are plus 250. Nuggets plus 425. Jazz plus 425. Rockets plus 450. Lakers plus 500. Blazers plus 1200. And then Warriors plus 1400. I mean, that's tough for me to just pin or pick one out right now. I would probably go Rockets just because for all like Mike D'Antoni talks about how he's going to change the way coaches are like minutes this minute. Like he's still the same guy. Like he's Mm going to play his guys. They're going to try to like, even we see like when they're blowing people out, he still takes his guys out at like the three minute mark. If they're up 30, like he, I just think he's who he is as a coach. I think they'll play for home court advantage, play for the one seed. That would probably, I would not take the Clippers. I know that for sure. Just because of their injury situation and their rest stuff. So I would, I think I'd go rockets on that one. Yeah, Rockets was my lean. I think that Warriors one's kind of interesting, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, Mike, what about you? Yeah, I agree with you guys, and I'll just add Denver in there. Um, again, I just Denver's home court advantage is so, so huge. Uh, in the era of load management, and people don't like to play in altitude because they get tired and more likely to get hurt when you're tired. So just it just makes sense yeah. for them to get a lot of easy competition. So um, I think they're going to have a phenomenal home record. To really, put We've gone home. this far and haven't even talked about Joker yet. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm a little worried from a fantasy perspective just because they added another good big with Jeremy Grant. So, like, the thing with him, like, obviously he's so good per minute, but his minutes, he, he's, he stays down at, like, low 30s the past two years. Like, that's why I think Cat's going to be, like, mid, mid to high 30s maybe. That's why I think he's such a better play nightly. Um, yeah, the, the Jeremy, I love the Jeremy Grant addition from a basketball perspective. But like they have Plumley, Millsap, Jokic, and Grant as a as their four or five. So like there's a lot of a lot of minutes. Uh, or, or I should say not a lot of minutes going on for four good players. All right, Grant's, pretty, the- low, Grant's pretty low usage. Just wanted to add that. So I don't really think that's going to yeah. affect Jokic, you know, much as far as offense. And what a great fit next to him on defense. I mean, sure, Grant, yeah, such an underrated weak side helper. So um, yeah, just, like you said, just a really really good low key pickup that doesn't get the the big press like Kawhi and stuff does. Yeah, the East is tough. I mean, Bucks are minus 139. You can just take that if you want, move on. Uh, but the Sixers are plus 150. Celtics are plus 1,200. So there might be a little value there. But um, I don't know. I don't love this one. Andy, you got anything here? Uh, I don't think so. Nothing. Nothing. Do you have any MVP odds? Yeah, that's what I want to discuss. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll head on to that. It's right here. Um, so MVP odds, we got Giannis. He is plus 300. Steph Curry plus 550. James Harden plus 700. LeBron, LeBron plus 700. Kawhi plus 700. Anthony Davis plus 800, which I think is the one we might want to hit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Embiid plus 1200. Paul George plus 1200. Jokic plus 1400. Lillard plus 1400. Westbrook plus 1800. And then we start getting the Kyrie who's plus 5000. Yeah. Um, what jumps off there, there, to you there, Andy? I, I mean, I don't, I mean, honestly, I don't hate Kyrie at plus 5,000. <laughs> you said that last, but I would throw a little bit on that, but I would go AD or Steph. I think you just have to look at, I mean, you just have to kind of create narratives and stories and how you think things are going to go. And I think AD is literally just going to dominate that team. I think Steph is going to dominate his team. Uh, and I think with LeBron kind of doing that, it's gonna, there's going to be so much attention on the Lakers with LeBron being there, but AD still crushing. Like, I think that's going to matter when it comes to voting. And I think Steph is going to have just one of the more ridiculous offensive output seasons of the year, too. So I think that's where the value is at for me in that little – I don't know, you said those guys like third to eighth or after in odds. So I think that's kind of where I'd be looking. Yeah, the one seed matters, right? Right, Mike? Uh, yep. So Curry and Davis are my two guys. Are they yours too, Mike, that I'm looking at? What was the first guy you said? Sorry. Uh, I think Curry and Davis are like the yeah, two I would go. I would add Giannis. Like you said, NBA voters, man, they are obsessed with the with the one seed. So I think <laughs> that definitely plays in favor of Giannis. Like I thought, I I thought Harden was MVP last year, which may be a hot take, but uh, and I didn't think it was really that close. Who's so who's gonna be our DFS MVP this year? I'm gonna go with Cat. Cat. <laughs> Cat's plus five thousand here. If you want to, uh, you know, take oh, a yeah. stab. Well, they're, they're not going to be good enough, though. It's a yeah, they're not going to win enough. That's that's the problem. Uh, yeah, unless like, like, you can magically switch AD with Cat, like I bet all the Cat all day. Yeah. There you go. Uh, one last thing, and I'll ask you this one to you, Mike. Uh, Zion Williams, uh, Zion Williamson to win MVP. It's minus one hundred fifty-five. Like, do you just take that and move on, or I just, do, man. You mean rookie of the rookie of the year? Yeah, sorry, rookie of the yeah, year. Yeah, My fault. Yeah, rookie yeah, of the yeah, year. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, like I, I don't, don't see anyone to compete. Like, who do you think competes? Maybe John Morant. 
Yeah, Morantz, I mean, he looked good yesterday against weak competition, but um, for a guy who has been held out pretty much up until last week, um, he looked ready to roll. So, yeah, that's a good one to bet. Like I said, Jared Culver, super sneaky one. What about you, Andy? Anything there? I would take John Morant just because when you look at – obviously Zion's going to be a key part of that team. But when you look at – like Drew's there, JJ's there. They have guys who can score more. I think Jaws going to have the ball in his hands so much in Memphis that I think uh, I think I would – bet him over Zion just because I think he might end up with better stats. Yeah, he's plus 375. So, uh, yeah, that's a good segue, too, because we're moving on to talk about now about some DFS players uh, and how they're going to kind of shape up with the teams they're on. And, uh, Andy, talk about John Morant and this Grizzlies team. Uh, how are you approaching these guys? Yeah, I mean, the Grizzlies are one of the most interesting situations for me in general. I tweeted something earlier. Just, I mean, they they've, this is one of the times where I believe coach speak. Like, they have a new coach. Like, the, they, the last guy – of the grit and grind. Mike Conley is out of town. He's been traded to Utah, obviously. So, like, I think this is now the time. Like, I actually believe when the coach says that we want to play fast. They've been playing with, like, a 20-second shot clock in practice. Um, so, like, I'm looking at this team from – I want to take players against them. I know in that first game they played against – who was, like, Tel Aviv or somebody um, that their, their pace was down. I think they're – I mean, this is a team who was dead last in pace last year. They were down, like, 97, uh, according to NBA stats. So, like, I'm not saying they're going to be up there with like Pelicans and Hawks, et cetera, et cetera, but they're going to be, they're going to be faster than we've ever seen in like the past five years or whatever. They've always been a slow down, grinded out team. We, and for, and that automatically makes DFS players against them less appealing. So yeah, I like this team from the other side. Like I really want to take guys against them early. Cause I, if, if the market's slow to adjust, that's, that's kind of a, a good edge from like the, them, uh, themselves I, I i love joe val like he's i think he's one of the few certainties him and uh, jjj one of the two of the few certainties on that team and, and john moran once we're okay with his health and everything and he's just getting the ball and they're running running with him i uh th- those are the three i like from a fantasy perspective um you know once you get past some of these other names like we don't even like they're, they're just so loaded on the wings that it's going to be concentrated with those two front court guys and john moran for me any fantasy relevant guys that Andy didn't mention that you want to discuss, Mike? Yeah, just kind of some big picture stuff I wanted to tack on to that. Uh, they're running a lot of what they're calling five-out offense. It's just a lot of threes, a lot of small ball fives. We saw Brandon Clark start at Summer League and dominate for MVP. He would look really good yesterday, especially as a screener. Uh, that really caught my eye yesterday. Obviously, competition wasn't great. Uh, and Bruno Caboclo played a lot of five. Um, so um, Brandon Clark's going to play three through five. So that's kind of a sneaky guy who I think a lot of people – who are sharp are going to be in on possibly as like low salary guys. And JV's got a little foot issue, issue right now. We've seen him kind of miss time. So um, keep an eye out on Brandon Clark. Uh, Jay Crowder's on the block. So that could potentially be a, a roadblock for Bruno to really get unleashed. He's probably going to start Crowder will. Uh, and then Tyus Jones is going to play a little bit too. Uh, I didn't get to see if he did yesterday, but uh, yeah. So again, a lot of pace. They're not, like you said, they're not going to be like up there with the elite dudes but they're gonna play faster um against more like you said they're they're open they're changing their style and they have a plan now uh, other than it's bs garbage with changing all these ideas and they actually are ready to go for for building a team for the long haul so yeah i'm really excited to watch them this year yeah, and uh, we're definitely we're definitely want to target guys in DFS against them, right, uh, Andy? The Grizzlies, they're a team that, uh, you know, they're not going to be good, and their defense is going to be horrible. We're definitely going to be able to attack these guys, correct? Yeah, that's what, one thing I'm curious about is how they are defensively this year with this new with this new um, strategy or, or, or game plan of how they're going to be playing. So, and, if, yeah, if they're going to go a lot of small ball five, how does that, that affect the rebounding? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of unknowns with this team. So, like, that that's just stuff you – you just have to, especially in like GPPs, you just have to be guessing on stuff like this. Like, even if even if the over under on a game is like somewhat adjusted for, for everyone thinking Memphis might be a, a little less slow. Like, it still could not be adjusted enough, and you just like this could be a, a game to game stack whoever they're playing in the early going, and just no one will do it because it's Memphis. So it's just little things like that that we need to be looking at in the early going because we don't know. We're just making guesses on what's going to happen. There's only so much we can put into preseason because usually every, every preseason paces up for almost everybody because everyone says they want to play faster. Teams kind of just fall back into their old ways. Again, this is just one This is one situation where I do, really do believe they're going to be just a much faster team. 
All right, uh, let's go on to the Rockets now, Mike, and talk about them defensively. I mean, can we keep attacking them in DFS? It seems like with Westbrook, we're just going to be able to keep attacking them, not, not because of his defense, and we know it's not good, but just the pace they're going to play, that's insane. Exactly, yeah, possessions, possession, possession. So, I, yeah, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. They're going to play a lot of high-scoring games. Um, again, just, yeah, maybe just watch out for who P.J. Tucker may guard is the only thing. But, yeah, a lot of point guards and shooting guards are going to smash on them, so – um, yeah, as good as Capella looks, I think Capella could defend pretty well too. So yeah, definitely going to look at some guards and maybe even like stack them with Harden or some, or even with Westbrook, who's probably going to be a little cheaper this year. I mean, he definitely will be cheaper this year. Yeah. Anything there, Andy, any specifics sticking out with the Rockets defense you want to attack? Yeah, not really. We talked about it when we talked about them in the other section, I kind of mentioned that I'm still on the fence a little bit about where they're going. So, uh, and we also talked, I mean, the next thing we have up is the Pelicans and I kind of we kind of talked about them a little bit. Like, Mike, what are you thinking on on how do you think all these new pieces – like, because they have good in, individual defenders with the Pelicans, uh, moving on to them. Like, they have – you know, Drew's a great individual defender. Alonzo Ball, um, I wouldn't say great, but he's a good individual defender. Then they have some weaker ones like J.J. Um, I don't think Ingram's that good of a defender yet. So, like, I know the, this team's going to play fast, so that's going to be great. But, like, if you get a team that plays fast and is just awful defensively, that's, like, one of the best things you can do. For DFS, like, how do you think this team is going to be on defense? Yeah, you pretty much hit it. They're going to be tough per, per possession. Um, I think they're going to probably be in the upper third for defensive rating. Um, again, Favors is underrated as a, as a five, as a defender. Um, so they're they're going to defend lockdown guards. I mentioned Lonzo. Lonzo was really good at defending, and he went kind of off um, in those last dozen games he had before he got hurt. He was like 13, 7, and 7 um, with some pretty good stat lines on you know a team that wasn't really suited to his style like it is now. So. Yeah, there's um, there's definitely it's gonna be it's gonna be we'll have to get a feel for like what we're gonna attack, but uh, it's not something where it's like, you know, these teams are just gonna be terrible. Um, like like we mentioned with the Grizzlies, they're gonna probably have some weak spots. But yeah, yeah it's just you just you're just playing off the pace and going off that. Yeah, I mean, speaking of teams that don't play defense and are awful, the Wizards. I mean, that's them. <laughs> I was going to say that's the perfect segue ever if you didn't jump on that one. <laughs> oh, it was a slam dunk, man. Uh, listen, uh, so, yeah, the Wizards, uh, it's just Bradley Beal and the Funky Bunch out there. That's pretty much it. Uh, Bradley Beal, he's going to be awesome this year in DFS, but man, they're going to struggle defensively, and we're gonna, they're going to be a team that we target, I think, all season long. Uh, Andy, uh, just stack against the Wizards every day? I mean, some they, they were top ten in pace, too, last year. So, like, they're – and they're top 10 in pace. I think they're ninth in pace and then fourth to last in defensive rating. So, like, one of the sneakier good teams to play guys against. And, I mean, could it be even better this year? Like, if you look at the roster, it is literally Bradley Beal. Like, some Thomas Bryant, then, oh, my goodness, like, it is just awful. Like, Isaiah Thomas might get minutes. Ish Smith, like, two of the worst point guard defenders in the league are going to be on this team. Like, CJ, old CJ Miles. You, you like, maybe top – in April, you might see Dan Bach and Big T standing on the wings. I wouldn't surprise. It wouldn't surprise me. And then we're definitely gonna then we're gonna play everybody against them. Even if people are 15k, I'm still playing against Dan Bach and Big T. Yeah. Uh, any anything you got here on the Wizards, Mike? You want to go on to the Hawks? Yeah, man. I got a lot to say, but I'll try to keep it short because this team's so so bad. But they have basically two open roster spots right now, and it's gonna come down. To, it sounds like uh, Jordan McRae is gonna get one of them. They have I think seven guys who are partial or non guaranteed. So the other one's gonna go to. Justin Robinson, or as a, who's an undrafted guy who has gotten no buzz at all at camp. And then one guy who has got buzz is Chris Chioza. Uh, I don't know if I pronounced his name right or wrong, but he's apparently looking pretty good. He's really small. Like, you listen to Scott Brooks, and, like, you can just see it on his face. He's like, dude, I'm so screwed at point guard right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, and also, um, a beat writer had wrote that Troy Brown uh, may get some point guard minutes when he gets uh, healthy. So that could be something to watch as well. A guy who really disappointed me down the stretch. I thought Troy Brown was going to have a strong finish. So, yeah, just there, think there about those names you just said. That is yeah. just crazy, it's, dude. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, like it's this team's so bad. Um, and Rui Hachimura should, should be someone to watch too. But uh, yeah, you're just gonna hammer point guard against them. Yeah, uh, on to the Hawks now. And uh, listen, they were a team that surprised us, right? They played at such a fast pace, and they were terrible on defense. And I'm still expecting the same this year, Andy. Uh, just stacking against the Hawks every night. Yeah, I mean they're. We know who they are. They're going to be better this year, like in the win-loss column. Uh, I think they're, I think they're a, a, actually a pretty good bet to make the playoffs in the East this year. But it's going to be, it's going to be. We know what the, they have a plan too. Like we know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to play fast. They're going to go through Trey Young. They're going to go through John Collins. I think uh, this is going to be. We're going to see high over/unders on against this team, whatever game they're in. We're we're going to know like what guys we want on their team for the most part, especially those those two guys. So I, it's pretty clear that. I don't think much is going to change here. 
and I want to uh, I want to be taking. We saw. I mean, well, that one game stack last year was in like five overtimes. Like, the, yeah. was it the Hawks and Bulls or something? Like, we're gonna yep. see. It's gonna be a very game stackable environment here with this team because they play fast. And like they're like some of these guys are only like Trey Young's making a uh, rookie year to sophomore year jump. Like he's gonna improve a little bit, sure, but you know, like there's only so so far he can go to improve defensively. So like I I think this is always gonna be just a, a middling defensive team at best, and they're always gonna play fast. So that's great for DFS. Yeah. Anything else there on the Hawks for you, uh, Mike? Yeah, like you said, they're gonna be bad on defense. They're gonna play fast. They're gonna score a lot of points. There are gonna be some delicious game stacks uh, against these Hawks. Um, I think DeAndre Hunter is going to help on defense a little bit, but John Collins is going to struggle on defense. He himself admitted, like, I'm not that great at, like, I'm kind of paraphrasing, like, his short wingspan has, like, been a detriment to him. Talked about that. Uh, keep an eye on Bruno Fernando. He's kind of a deep sleeper. And, yeah, um, Trey's going to smash. Like, Trey, I think, is going to probably be 25 and 13-ish or 12-ish with assists. Like, he, I think he's a, a really strong bet for the assist lead. Um, and then, yeah, there's nothing behind him. Like, Evan Turner's his backup right now, and they want to play him one through four, they were saying. So, uh, Herder's banged up. Reddish has had some ish, uh, health issues. Um, but, yeah, Co- Trey, Collins, Trey and Collins are just going to dominate and put up monster games all season. All right, let's head on over to the Kings. And, listen, this, this team's definitely going to be interesting this year. Man, if, the, if they were in the East, they would definitely be making the playoffs. But, uh, uh, Mike, kick it off with the Kings. Uh, what do you think about them defensively? Uh, can we still attack them a ton in DFS like we did last year? Yeah, they're, they're going to have issues on defense. This team's almost too deep. Uh, they're going to have a tough time plugging guys in. Uh, the whole De- um, De- uh, Fox, Buddy Heald, and Bogdan lineup was not good last year. Bogdan says he wants to play 28 to 29 minutes. Um, you know, Marvin Bagley struggled on defense. Dwayne Dedman's pretty good, but behind him, there's not much. Mashawn Holmes could probably play pretty well. So, um, yeah, we know Luke Walton, the kind of Steve Kerr disciple, like he's going to want to push the pace. Uh, I've seen videos of them, like, doing all these transition work in in practice like they're trying to push the pace so i think even more so than last year um this team's going to be one to attack andy what about you uh still attacking the kings left and right yeah like these are always key things to look for when you're like analyzing off seasons of teams like who who went through regime changes and yeah they have a new coach but walton's always played fast like last year the lakers they were fourth in pace like this is something where i think they're going to be very similar to last year they might see a little bump in in defense uh, but I, th- I still think it's kind of like a Hawks light situation. Like if the Hawks are the extreme of fast and bad defense, then I think the Kings are going to be kind of like right near them. So yeah, I don't see any reason to, to uh, change our minds on using guys against them early. So we're going to see high over unders on like, when they're involved in games. Uh, we like seeing teams get up and down. So I, yeah, not much has changed from last year with these guys or the Hawks for me. You know what I can see the the, uh, the Kings being really interesting when they're going up against like a good team like the Lakers uh, or like the Rockets and when they can keep the game competitive and close like you're just going to see these massive games from some of these guys like whenever you see the Lakers head to the, the Hawks you could see, expect that game to kind of get ugly and those guys maybe leave the game a little bit earlier get their minutes monitored a bit but uh, I think that's kind of one of the intriguing parts you can see with the Kings uh, just a little bit better version of the Hawks and uh, against some of those competitive teams you could see some real shootouts. Uh, let's head on over to the under the radar plays that we have and we got a bunch of guys that that we want to uh, rattle through. We got about like uh, maybe 10 to 15 minutes to go through them. And then maybe at the end, we'll be able to get some NBA championship uh, picks from all of us. So uh, we'll kick it off with you first, Andy. Shai Gugas Alexander, uh, what do you think about him in the situation he's in? I think he's a guy that could be really interesting this season. Yeah, I mean, that's so much of what uh, what you look at with him, so much has to do with CP3. Like, I'm, I have no idea what's going to happen with him if they're actually – if they're saying they want him to be there and, and play a lot, like, I'm not necessarily sure that's the case. And SGA is is really good. Like, you saw him actually be able to do a lot of things offensively last year. And I don't think people are kind of on board with that. I know there was a couple of times last year where he was, like, really chalky and he, like, shot one for 12. Like, I look more at that as, like, I'm excited he shot that much as opposed to he had a bad shooting game. So, I think he is a good shooter. He's a good scorer. He's tall. He's six six. So – Again, it's so much is dependent on price and if CP3 is how much he's playing or if he's playing, I think he is going to uh, to be great on this team just because they're not going to be good either, but they don't have anybody to really score the ball like him and Gallo. We'll see what's, how much they play Steven Adams. So, um, yeah, depending on the roster, what it looks like in the backcourt of CP3, I think you could – and you got Schroeder there too, but um, I think he could have a really big year and it's uh, I don't think many people will go there. Yeah, uh, let's head on over to Jonathan Isaac and Andy. This hey, let, me, the- let me get it. Let me get it on Shay. Okay, jump in. <laughs> That's my guy, man. I love Shay. He was like jaw-droppingly good at in camp yesterday for the uh, exhibition. 
He is a great scorer, man. Um, we saw him really take off in the playoffs. And my favorite stat, um, 434-minute sample after the break without Lou Williams on the floor. Per 36, he was 18-4-5 and five on ridiculously good efficiency with 2.3 steals. He was insane in getting transition buckets last year. Like, he was so good around the rim after the break last year. He is going to smash. I don't care if CP3 is still there. CP3 is not a high-usage rate guy. Doesn't get to the rim at all. He's apparently just blowing by everybody at camp. Like, he is going to be amazing this year. I should have known to try and skip uh, skip a guy and uh, not let Mike talk about him. But uh, listen, I saved the guy for you to gush over. You love yourself some Jonathan Isaac, man. Uh, I didn't know if me and Andy should, you know, leave the room here and let you talk about him. But, you know, the guy's buff. He's going to be an absolute monster. Uh, you talked about taking him even earlier in season-long drafts. Uh, talk about Isaac. Yeah, just a beast, man. Um, they're going to have him stretch the floor a little bit. His, apparently his jumper looks a lot better. He's just huge. Um, I said for a while that they're going to play him at the five, and my fellow Rotor Worlders were, like, shooting me down. Like, why would they do that? So, ha, 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 all you hate is ha. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's just going to be a beast. Um, more pick and roll action. His defensive stats are going to smash. So, um, he's not going to be too great for DFS. You're banking on a lot of high block numbers. Um, but again, this team's really consistent. I'm not worried about Alfred Camino playing and cutting into his playing time. Um, so yeah, I expect a really a big 30 year growth, uh, from a guy who's just, just insane. Like we talked about him earlier too. All righty. Yeah, no, definitely agree with you on that. Uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to head on over. We'll talk about, uh, Anfrey, Anfern, uh, I can't say his name, Anferny Simmons. There we go. Anferny Simmons. Uh, Mike, that's a guy that I definitely want you to touch upon because I know you have some good info on him. Uh, break down Simmons for the people and what we could expect. Yeah. So just a lot of big time quotes. Uh, Neil O'Shea said is the most talented player he drafted in his 15 years of being in the front office. And Terry Stotts, they're going to play him next to CJ and Dame. Uh, and we saw really Stotts lean on the uh, Seth Curry, Dame, and CJ lineup kind of later in the season. And I expect similar things. Um, you know, space the floor out. This team does not have a lot of depth. Um, so um, a guy who I'm really pumped to see. We saw him go nuclear in uh, the last regular season game when he dropped 37, had a 35-point summer league game. Just uber-talented guy. He was extremely raw, and he is already kind of caught up and you know, he's ready to be like a real second year guy. So I'm um, definitely pumped to see what he can do this year. All righty. Andy, talk to me about Andre Drummond, man. Uh, the Pistons, they're supposed to be this contender, according to Derek Rose. They're going to be great. Uh, what do you think of Andre Drummond and the Pistons? Yeah, I mean, I always look at Andre Drummond from strictly a DFS perspective, because whether you want to talk about how he impacts winning is a different story. But it's another thing, like you mentioned earlier, when you talk about centers, especially too on DK, like there's two things with him. He's always underpriced on DK. And then on FanDuel, he gets all actually a lot of blocks and steals too. So like his scoring works really well for FanDuel scoring too. So like they're being like cryptic on Blake stuff. Like he's, is he sick? Is he hurt? But they want to go do, move a lot of stuff on their offense through Drummond. And he had something where he, like he's joked about it before, but it actually happened. Like they said, like, is he going to play 48 minutes because he has no backup? And the drum's like, yeah, I'm going to play 48 minutes. Like, well, I mean, obviously it's not going to be like that, but that means, like, you could see, like, they will run him out 40 minutes on, on competitive games, and that is a huge deal in fantasy. So I, uh, I, I love Drummond. I always like Drummond in fantasy. So that's not, that's not news to anybody, I think. Come on, he's going to be a monster. It's just real quick yeah. to add to that. Blake, they're, I don't even think they're being cryptic. Like, they're being clear. They're sitting Blake a lot. Um, they're saying he's not right, like, out – point blank so he's gonna sit and i'll add if he misses games like drummond's per 36 without blake his 2019 two two dimes 2.0 steals 1.8 blocks like that's like at 13k you'll still pay for that like maybe even more so um yeah drummond's gonna be such a monster man like he'll ha he's gonna be slate breakingly good on so many times yeah, uh, we're going to only do one more here, Mike. I know you got, like, Robert Williams. He's a guy that's going to see a huge amount of usage uh, or, or touches on the ball and be great. Um, but I do want to get your take on OG and Obi and kind of maybe the Raptors situation a little bit, how that works. And I also want to get a, a take from you on the Mitchell Robinson thing because he's talking about shooting three-pointers now, and I'm not buying it. Yeah, I am actually. Like, his jumper looks pretty good. Let me get OG first. Just massive, massive, massive opportunity here, losing uh, Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard. And positional flexibility is one of my favorite things. And Nick Nurse, they want to play him at the two. Um, so he'll get minutes there, get minutes at the three. We saw him really turn into a four last year with Kawhi arriving. They're going to put him in, quote, unquote, a primary role. They're really doing everything they can to get OG kind of back on track. He was really one of their highly touted guys uh, when he kind of got over the ACL. And he was caught everyone's eye right away. Um, and he had a down year last year. So I expect him to have a really big season this year. 
um, especially um, with the usage going his way. I think his defensive stats are really good too. But, yeah, I mean, Mitch Robinson, he's got a good free throw stroke. It looks good. I mean, uh, he's making a lot of them. I know it's just practice against, like, a chair, like Yi uh, Leon style. But, yeah, I'm buying it. Um, he's also talking about not trying to foul or, you know, challenge as much shots on blocks to keep his foul rate down, which I like to hear. So, yeah, I think Mitch Rob's going to have a really tremendous season. Lead the league in blocks. This thing is almost a lock at this point if he stays healthy. Um, yeah, I'm not worried about their 35 power forwards that they have to possibly take playing time from him. So, yeah, just uh, I expect he's getting a ton of um, teammates are just like, holy crap, this guy's really good. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely in on the Mitch Rob. I'm, I'm, I'm not buying like 1.53s or something, but I think like 0.6.73s or something like that, which is a pretty big leap for what he is. Uh, I think that's kind of in the range of outcomes. Yeah, I, I'm buying Mitch, but the threes, I don't know. Well, I definitely want to watch that in, in preseason, right? Like, if he's standing in the corner and the shot clock goes down, I could see him maybe pull one up. But they're not just going to run, like, uh, pick-and-pop screens for him. Right. I'm, not, I'm not buying that one. Um, well, now, listen, we got one more thing before we get on out of here. We're going to do a finals pick, and I'll run through the odds here of who you guys want uh, based on the odds. Or you can even take a team if you don't care about the odds, too. But Clippers are plus 325. Lakers plus 425. Bucks plus 650. Sixers plus 700, Rockets plus 800, Golden State plus 1100, Jazz plus 1400, Nuggets plus 2000, Celtics plus 2500, and I think we're good there unless you guys got one you want to ask about. But uh, we'll kick it off with you, Andy. Who's your finals pick? Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to pick the finals, I do think the Clippers will get there. Um, I just trust their roster, their, the depth of their roster more. And I think, you know, we've seen like you can do the load management thing and get to the finals and win the finals. So, like, even though they have some injuries with PG and they have Kawhi who's going to play who knows how many games I think when it comes down to it even if they're not the one seed like we talked about earlier I still think I, they would be my pick to win it so I'd go them and I'll say they I would pick them over Philly I guess that would, that's that's my finals pick in general but yeah if I'm betting that what you just mentioned I would probably just go the Clippers that's probably not a hot take yeah, uh, one of my friends, Andy, I was this close. One of my friends got the bet on the Clippers before the, the, the all the news changed at plus like 2,800. He got like a max bet on them and I missed That'll out. I, was, I had the number written in on the max bet and I clicked it and it disappeared. Uh, it got suspended. Uh, so I'm super tilted. Uh, so I don't want the Clippers to win because I'll be very mad. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mike? Uh, what, what are you at? Who do you got here? Yeah, just an aside, like that night when there, there was an earthquake at Summer League and like right behind, like, oh my God, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going to the Clippers. Like, it was one of the most memorable nights of my life, honestly. That's, that's kind of shows you how lame I am. But um, yeah, so I'm with everything you said. I will add, uh, I like the Bucks um, just because the East is not deep and it's not so wide open like the West is. And when the Warriors get Clay back, like that's a really good bet, man. If they get in there. Uh, they could definitely get hot. Like, as good as KD is, don't forget how good this team was before he got there with the 73 wins and stuff. So, like I said, I, I will never bet against the Warriors if Steph and Dre are out there. All right, we, you got to make an official pick, Mike. Who, who you got on each well, side? I, I would pick the Clippers. Like I said, that's probably that would be my pick pick, but as far as, like, values go, uh, yeah. I would look at that. Like, the, the like Clippers, that. they're so cut out to be just a great playoff team. They are going to lock down so many people in the playoffs. Like, they're going to be so hard to score on them. Really, yeah. everywhere. Everyone, like I said, Harkless is underrated. Draymond's under, uh, I'm sorry, Jamichael's underrated. Like this team is so good on the perimeter, especially in today's NBA. It's gonna be hard to to beat them four times. Yep, I agree with you. I mean, the Bucks. The, the reason why is there's some value there, just because like the East, you know, there's mm. there's 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 no one there. It seems like so. Uh, I don't mind going with the Bucks, and I'm not getting enough on the on the Sixers there. I'm too tilted about the Clippers. I can't pick <laughs> them. I refuse. Uh, listen, I'll be the guy that goes off the board. Uh, I'll go off the board with a team that they have a good co- home court. Uh, they have some value now too. They may even get some value later. But uh, give me the Jazz, right? They could be really really impressive, man. We saw a team like the Raptors last year when they were a complete team, and uh, man, uh, I'll go with the Jazz there. So we'll take the Jazz to go up against the Bucks, and I'll, I'll be the hot take guy on the show. I'm not normally that kind of guy. I'll give me the Jazz to win it all. How's that sound? Love Utah. Yeah, they're going to be fun to watch this year, and uh, I'm excited to see how that team uh, shapes up. So I love uh, you- Donovan Mitchell. Maybe super duper duper deep MVP pick. Like yeah, if they get the one seed there. and he's their best player, yeah. like. He was plus he was plus five thousand, I think I saw there. Uh, I, I think, take that, man. I think yeah. Utah's Utah's I like you said, if we're picking him to win the finals, like and how much voters love the one seed, like I think Donovan Mitchell is like there's a, the rapport with him and Conley at camp is just absurd. Like could, could Gobert gonna, be a good one plus eight thousand? Yeah, man. I love Rudy Gobert. People don't really give him enough love. Like I don't know how he wasn't a bigger winner for defensive player their year last year. But yeah, I I love Rudy Gobert too. 
Alrighty. Thanks a lot for joining us because I think this was an awesome pod. Uh, really excited to have you on, Mike. You're a wealth of knowledge with all the NBA stuff. Uh, tell the people, where can they find you on Twitter, Roto World? Where's all the places they can find you? Yeah, I'm uh, on my Twitter pretty much around the clock. So I'm at Mike S. Gallagher, a lot of retweet of news, uh, a lot of stats to around it. So definitely check me out on there. Uh, and yeah, I do a lot of Roto- blurbs at Roto World for the NBA site. And I do a couple columns. Not sure what we're going to do specifically yet. But yeah, just pretty much um, Mike S. Gallagher for Twitter. Yeah, sometimes Mike breaks Nets news too. Like it's like the first guy breaking news is Mike. Yeah. I'm like, whoa! He's got that. He's got that media. He's got that media yeah. follow. Yeah, I got the the Nets PR locked yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny whenever I see Mike do that. I'm like, look at look at Mike doing the good people, the good work for the people oh, of yeah. DFS. I always try my best to get everybody the best info and the fastest they can get it to. All right, Andy, where where can they find you this season? Where are you going to be at? I'm at Amenzi on Twitter. A M E N S Y. Did I spell that right? A N Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my last name, right? Um, yeah, and then just the normal stuff on RG this year. We'll be doing crunch time uh, every, you know, what are we doing? Like 45 minutes before lock. Have my core plays article five days a week, uh, every weekday, Monday through Friday. And I'll be doing expert survey. I'll be in Discord a lot. So I'll be, I'll be easy to find. That's, that's for sure. All righty. If you want to find me, I'm at Travis Mangone. Uh, if you want to find me there, I'm doing also some sharp side bets and stuff. I do tons of the NBA stuff, grinding out player props throughout the year. That's my favorite thing to bet. So uh, yeah, if you want to check out some of my articles and uh, videos over there, you can check it out on my Twitter. But we got to get out of here, guys. Thanks a lot for joining us for this NBA pod. Uh, for me, Travis Mangone, Andy Means, and Mike Gallagher, we are out of here.